Today's episode originally aired on the Zor Fitness YouTube channel in April of 2021, and this is going to comprise of a two-part series on concurrent training. This first show, episode 129, will be on an athlete who's balancing powerlifting and endurance running. And then the second show, episode 130, will be on a CrossFit athlete who's balancing weightlifting progressions with row energy systems training. Enjoy. The fitness movement is brought to you by Zor Fitness. We offer coaching and individualized program design, as well as educational content for coaches and athletes. It's all at one place, zorfitness.com. The goal of this video is really to help people navigate sometimes conflicting goals. For example, someone wants to do powerlifting and they want to do endurance running. That's actually the first example I'm going to go over in this video. Um, but it could also be, uh, for example, you know, CrossFit, where the person has to do uh, a Metcon and then they have to go into a max lift. So they have to be good at both of those things, both the strength and the capacity at the same time. So that's what I mean by saying concurrently. It's like at the same time, we're within the same cycle, in the same kind of time of year, um, or on a yearly basis. That's what we're talking about. So. Um, I actually want to go over some examples in these videos and talk about, okay, I have someone in this scenario, this is what I want them attacking, and this is how I might blow out their split um, for their training over the course of the next three months. Um, so I'm just trying to get down to the nitty gritty because we've already talked about um, some of the philosophy and the systems and the limitations that the body will have in the physiology um, side of concurrent training. So with that being said, let's get into it. So the example that I'm going to be using this time is what I'm calling a hybrid athlete. So this is powerlifting combined with endurance running. Well, basically in order to not be vague, I'm actually having an avatar built out for this. Um, it's a 43 year old female. She's a mother, she's a school teacher. So that already puts a ton of constraints on who this person is and gives you a much clearer picture. Cause one of the things I think is really challenging is for talking about training is we talk about training, but we don't have a very clearly defined avatar as to who it is. So it's all generalities and I wanna avoid generalities as much as possible. So this is who the person is. All right, a few other things that'll help us clarify. Um, they're gonna be doing trail running. They have three to five events that are spread across the late spring into the summertime. And then the powerlifting that they do, they have one annual meet that they compete in in February. So that's sort of our groundwork as to who we're talking about in this first part of the video. I'll go over a second example in the second video. I really wanted to kind of pretend again, like I'm actually having sort of a consult or a coaching call with this athlete, like I would any of my athletes, just so I have, again, more constraints in the program, which is a good thing. You want more constraints because otherwise it's all over the place. So first thing I'd probably ask this person, if I already had all this information about them, I already started to kind of dialogue and know about them a little bit. It's like, hey, like, what do you care about more? Like you're gonna have to decide, like if I wanna be an elite powerlifter, I can't run, right? And if I want to be an elite runner, I'm gonna do very little or no powerlifting. And that's certainly not of like a competitive sense in that way, right? So obviously if they care about them equally, they can balance that tr training loads equally, but if they care about one a little bit more, they can start to sway. So that, again, that's what I'm trying to get out here. What you care about more? They said, um, I've really gotten into the trail running recently and I definitely want to continue to progress at that. The powerlifting meet is something that I do for fun since my gym hosts it. But with that being said, I really don't want to see my numbers go backwards because like, who does, right? So they're prioritizing more of the trail running, 
but they certainly don't want their strength to go backwards. So that's already a big flag to me saying like, in a good way saying, okay, they obviously don't want to revert backwards in their power thing, but if they maintain their strength numbers while they're continuing to progress in their run metrics, that's really the thing that they care about most right now and they're excited about doing. So the next thing I'd probably ask is like, okay, well, what's your run volume look like now? And they say, well, you know, typically I'd say anywhere from 20 to 35 miles per week during the spring and summer months. However, during the winter, I end up lifting a lot more because of the weather. So it's certainly less. So not a ton of like a volume, maybe like three to five miles a day um, might be like an average week for them. So again, it's helping me start to think and conceptualize what kind of an athlete this actually is. So what do those sessions look like? So usually I base my my pace, and this is talking about running, upon how long I have to run. During the week, I run before school, again, they're a teacher. So those tend to be a bit, a little bit shorter and faster, and then I get out for a longer trail run on Saturday. So it's mainly like tempo runs during the week, and then on Saturday, they get out for a longer uh, trail run. How much powerlifting training do you complete in the summer versus the winter month? Again, I'm trying to see like, okay, at different times of the year, do you weigh this and undulate it, or is it all sort of the same year round? When I'm running a lot, I typically don't get more than two sessions in per week. Again, talking about the powerlifting. I often do all three lifts, so squat, bench, deadlift. Unless my knees get cranky, then I'll do bench and dead. So they're skipping the squat because sometimes their knees hurt. In the winter, I typically follow a program three to four days a week. Again, talking about powerlifting. All right, so some of the summaries here. Um, One of the principles that I think is important is that you can't get better at everything all the time. So you have to pick and choose what you're going to delegate a lot of your training stress and like adaptation currency towards um, during certain times of the year. So again, if it's spring going into summertime, they finish their weightlifting or uh, powerlifting meet, it's time to gear up into the running volume and put a lot of energy towards that and put a lot of the powerlifting stuff on the back burner. So again, things to think about the seasonality of it. Summer, it's kind of built in for this person. It's a little bit easier. And then maintenance doses on everything else. So yes, we're trying to get better at the running, but we have to have maintenance doses of the strength and powerlifting stuff so that they don't lose it. And they're able to actually, again, maintenance doses, maintain those qualities. And then if we're trying to push everything all the time, that will definitely lead to overuse compensations. So in other words, if you're running and squatting, and those are both, again, a lot of knee flexion. That's just that pattern is getting overloaded. So they have cranky knees. It's really likely that they're going to have problems if you continue just to push that all the time. So you have to be smart about how you're giving them that volume. And again, this person's in their 40s. So they're not a, an 18-something-year-old person who can just adapt to everything that you give them. Another principle, getting better at one thing requires sacrifice elsewhere. So this could be sort of across the board. Like if you want to get better at athletics, then maybe all of the relationships that you have outside of that might have to get put on the back burner. Or maybe some of the personal development that you would like to do outside of your sport might have to go on the back burner. Or if you're trying to get in a lot of endurance adaptations, some of the strength stuff is going to have to get sacrificed. It's just the way it is. There's certain trade-offs that you have to know. And that's something that I would need to be upfront with this athlete about. Last principle, program design begins where athlete ability ends. Right. So it'd be really easy for me to say, okay, well, we need to get you ready for your your races coming up. And I know you haven't been doing much running, but I want to get you ready. So I'm just going to give you all this run volume. That would be a really poor idea. The goal is to just put the program just a little bit in front of where that athlete's abilities are so that it gets them from point A to point B to point C to get them to point K down the road. 
right? You're not trying to get them to point K today. The idea is that you slowly progress them over that period of time. Let's go into their actual sample program, starting with the summer months. I'm going to have for this athlete, both summer and winter build out. Yeah, I'm just going to go over the template. The template is what I'm working off of. It's the constraints to my program. It's whatever at first. So for example, I know every Monday I'm going to be doing run intervals of some kind. You can see that in that upper left-hand corner. Every Wednesday, I'm going to be doing a tempo run. And every Saturday, they're going to be doing a long, hopefully trail-based run. So that's sort of the constraints. And then the Tuesday and Friday is mainly their uh, powerlifting sessions. So that's sort of how I build it out. And I'm staying within those constraints. Uh, Tuesday, you'll see I have a squat variation, then they'll be benching, and then they'll be doing some strict pulling in addition to some longer cyclical stuff. More of a recovery day on Thursday. And then Friday, they're doing single leg stuff, which is sort of like squatting without actually squatting. So that keeps their knees and hips healthy. And then some deadlift, keeping the volume relatively low and only moderate percentages so the back doesn't get super sore. Um, some posterior chain accessory work. And then once again, some longer cyclical work. So getting on the ergs and not just beating down the joints again and again. Now let's take that and flip it. So that was certainly like the run priority since we were in um, the summertime and they were doing a lot of the races and that sort of thing. Now we'll flip it. They're getting ready for the powerlifting meet. I believe that was in February. So say this is in, um, I have it in December, right? So Monday's the squat progression and then some single leg strength after that. And then just some easy cyclical work done, kind of maintain some of those aerobic qualities. Tuesday, you can see that we have the bench progression. We have a secondary hinge, which is basically like any other assistance work to in a hip hinge motion besides the deadlift, because that's sort of like the primary. And then again, some additional posterior chain accessory work, which could be anything from like a, a Russian kettlebell swing to a hip extension on a GHD, you name it. Wednesday, there are run intervals. So that's basically your one higher tempo run of the week, where it's again, volume is gonna be pretty low, and the intensity is going to be moderate. So again, we're not really pushing the run too much. It's more about maintenance doses, as I said before. And then some core work after that. Thursday, we're doing a secondary bench. So that could be dumbbells. It could be incline. It could be um, a variation of some kind. And then push and pull accessory work after that. Friday, um, that's the main deadlift day with some core work afterwards. And then Saturday, we're maintaining that most of the aerobic base by keeping that trail run in there pretty much year round. So they have the time on the Saturday, making sure they get out, keeping it easy, making sure that they're staying in a really low heart rate zone. So that's really conversational. It could even be a hike. It doesn't even have to be a run. That would be sort of how you could shift it from two different times of the year. You can see this one's much more skewed towards the powerlifting side of things. And you're trying to get better or get back to where you were in your powerlifting stuff. And then in the summer months, when you're really focused on the run stuff, you're going to split it up that way, whereas you're really trying to progress and get your, your volume and then intensity up in the run work later on. So that's really how I would think about building out a split for this type of athlete based on the constraints of like their year. Like they're not competing in powerlifting and a trail running in the same month. For example, if they're both had a, a meet and a race in June, it would be much more difficult, but this sort of yearly layout makes it really handy. If you're someone who's not competing, you get to choose, right? So if this person said, I'm not competitive, I just wanna do well at both. Well then maybe they just choose to run in the summer anyway, because it's really nice out where they live. And then in the winter, when it's colder, they choose to do powerlifting, right? And naturally there will be kind of the seasonality that comes along with this. So it's important that you can think about it that way. There you go, that's my first example. 
Watch the second video in this if you want another example of when I actually do a CrossFit athlete. So this was sort of a, a GPP athlete in the sense that they have sort of their own little priorities and they're kind of combining some things um, in their own sense and they're doing powerlifting and running. This person is um, doing CrossFit and specifically I have their limitations as weightlifting. So that'd be like mainly like snatch and squatting metrics for them and rowing as their capacity work. Thanks for listening today. If you're someone who just started listening to the show, I would encourage you to subscribe so you can stay up to date. If you're someone who's been listening for a while, I would encourage you to rate and review the show. And lastly, the best thing that you can do to support our work is also the best thing that you can do for your performance. And that is by hiring one of our coaches. Until next time, stay the course.